Thomas, Jonas, welcome back to this episode of Liquidity Cats. It's been a little bit of time. Uh, it was a couple of vacations, a couple of back-to-back busy weeks has led to us not being able to record an episode in a while, but it is great to see you guys back. It's nice to uh, hop on another episode and record, um, talk about what's been going on, talk about some interesting ideas. Um, And on that note, I want to instantly bring up Hey, no, before you bring up before you bring up a topic, Ron, sorry, I have to interrupt you, but but you didn't mention one one great reason why we didn't record for so long because actually it was summer. Actually, you were you were gone for quite some time, and you did not only just go, but uh, yeah, hey, congratulations on getting getting married and celebrating Thank accordingly. Thank you very yep. much. I, I didn't think the. Uh, the listenership would be too too interested in the in some I, I of the think, personal happenings, but yes, I think they do want be. to know because because that is the only acceptable reason for for not giving them an episode in such a long time. That is true. The, so the I apologize. To You've it, got a good excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize to all to all the rabid listeners um, that have been sitting <laughs> with their with their uh, with their thumbs somewhere where the sun doesn't shine, waiting for the next episode. But here it is, guys. Here so, it is. As I mentioned. But but back to that note, I, I want to get back into this topic because Thomas just recently published an article on Medium. Uh, we're going to share it in the show notes, but the, the title intrigued me. I was on vacation. I stumbled upon this, this article. I popped open my phone, looked at it, and bridging the gap between Web3 and live sports. Now, this is an endeavor of ours, something that we've been, you know, pretty pretty rapidly focused on achieving. And I think we may have, have have something that has has helped that, but Thomas, firstly, I just want to ask you about just conceptually. You know, what do you mean by that? What, what does that mean to a layman? Well, so so one thing, a broader trend that we see since quite some time in uh, yeah in in this world actually is that like the the perceived or former uh, uh, strict barriers or borders between the physical and the digital they are breaking down. It's becoming li- like our life experience is a hybrid digital physical experience. If you order a cap, you no longer uh, go to the street and say, "Hey, stop car." Well, maybe from time to time you do it, but but very often also you will use Uber. Or whatever application for ride sharing, ride hailing, you want to use, you call somebody. Or another example, I mean, in, in COVID, uh, instead of opening the menu, you sc- scan the QR code at the restaurant, and then the the menu pops open on your on your mobile device. So it's pretty much like like the the two for you know back in the days we said, hey, now we are in the real world uh, versus the digital. No, no, it's it's merging right now. So and and in sports. Sports is built around the life experience, isn't it? Like you go to the stadium, you go to the arena, there you watch the game. And that is also where a lot of the sports business is being made, to be to be frank. And the same also goes for other types of events. And now the question is, how can you, how can you for a younger generation that probably is more interested in, in the digital space or that grew up with the expectation that, that there is almost like this seamless interaction between the physical and the digital how can you connect the two and and yeah i i wrote about this not the least because we rolled out some new some new features for for unify our core platform by the way a rebranding also coming maybe we touch on this later but 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. You 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 talk about this like QR code for menus when you go to restaurants. Like, um, it's something you know. I sit down at a restaurant, I see a menu with, I see a QR code, and I, I instantly scan it because I instantly know that I can retreat back down to my cell phone, you know, and 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 check out the menu in my own in my own uh, solitude. But yeah, super interesting, Jonas. Any thoughts on that? Uh, plenty of so- <coughs> plenty of thoughts, of course. Uh, as I was also minorly involved in this whole endeavor, um, I guess especially uh, especially around game days, you see a lot of those activations in front of the stadium. All the partners come set up a booth. They either distribute uh, distribute some giveaways. They uh, let you I don't know measure how hard you can kick a ball. All of this good stuff, and I think. Um, an additional kit in their toolbox will certainly be uh, digital items going forward. Not just that physical merch that you kind of tend to throw away or drop in the next bin because uh, you kind of do have enough pens at home already. Um, and I think that's that's something that we will see adapt in the future. Yeah. Even going back, even going back to like a conversation we had here on the pod with June from MetaBlocks, you can jump back and find this episode if you're if you're listening to this. So so he had this interesting question or idea that hmm, maybe to to get people to have experiences in the physical world because they spend so much time in the digital worlds right now, we need to reward them in the digital space to do something physical. So the other way around then probably it used to be 20, 20 years ago. And if you think about this, I think it's not too far off from reality, right? If you do sports, for instance, probably you, you love using one of these apps like like Strava or, or there used to be a thing called Runtastic. Maybe it still exists. I don't know. But you track all your stuff and you collect these badges. It's uh, running now, I believe. Yeah, I think something like this. Exactly. And, and so... You, you do stuff in the real world to collect digital badges of honor. And that is something that is that is happening since quite some time. And now put on top all the Web3 development with NFTs, with to- tokens. And then you can create really interesting reward systems. And for the sports industry, that is almost a, a, a tailor-made idea, right? You, you bring people to your games, but you uh, reward them with digital collectibles just like i don't know if you like hiking you know i don't know if it's a thing internationally or in the us run you need to tell me but here the people have like these hiking sticks and then at the tops of mountains you can buy these little badges very often that you that you nail on your stick and then you have all these emblems of the mountains you climbed that on that is a very german and austrian yeah i guess I so i figured <laughs> <laughs> number 1 you're asking the wrong american <laughs> number 2 i'm german now thomas <laughs> yeah that's true but yeah, it, yeah, very interesting. I think uh, I think it's gamification, right? Like this concept of gamification. It's kind of interesting because, like, the gaming sphere and, and video gaming and esports has been, you know, leading the pack when it comes to gamification. And you would think that sports would be like a close second. I mean, it's sports, it's games, it's it's football games, it's soccer games, and you think that they could find a way to kind of gamify the fan experience. When it comes to digital, I feel like they've done a good job of gamification with like physical, like Jonas said, you know, you can kick free kicks before the game. You can, you know, meet the players, do stuff like that. You can earn, you know, fan of the month or something. But 
in terms of digital, I feel like they are kind of lagging behind on getting to that like digital gamification. Because as you mentioned, Thomas, like earning these accolades, earning these achievements or these bounties as a fan, I think is there's a huge opportunity in sports for that because people want to show that they're the best fan. You see these like man caves where people have these like crazy Green Bay Packers or, you know, Manchester United man caves. And like, you'd see these like really like flimsy little news news stories on, on TV of people, you know, going and interviewing these guys and they're like so proud in front of their man caves or in their man caves. And it's like, how do we bring that to, to the digital world where people can show off their never ending fandom? You and know? actually it's even quite surprising because I mean, Pretty much every company and their dog have a loyalty program in some shape or form. If you go to the baker, you get these little cards where you, if you get two, uh, 10 stamps, you get the 11 bread for free. I don't know. Uh, same for pizza places, airlines and gas stations. Um, also, when I buy sports equipment or whatnot. But for the longest time, one of the businesses that is so based on loyalty never had anything that would go into this direction. Not saying that they need loyalty programs specifically, but something that goes into the same direction. You collect something if you repeatedly interact with the same entity. But it, but it's a fantastic way to also spark, to, to not only be able to track the users and to better like uh, obtain learnings about your users and to track them digitally, it's also just a fantastic way to keep them engaged. You know, it's not just in the in the interest of the the sports team or of the club or of the organization or the stadium. It's also in the interest of the fan, you know, to kind of feel like they're a part of the team, you know, because a lot of people speak as if they are, you know, like when I when I argue with my friends about NFL, about American football, I don't say the Rams won the Super Bowl. I said we won the Super Bowl. And I kind of, you know, you want that feeling of like a loyalty program where you're like a part of of the uh, of the club. Yeah. yeah, and then you also don't want the feeling of a loyalty program. And, and that is, I think, the the True. thin line you need to walk on because you don't go to sports like you go to, to Walmart for a US-based listener or whatever the big chain in your country is. So, so it cannot feel too much like this because that is not what you want from sports and that is where you easily get skeptical. And I also think, like, especially, there is a lot happening in like digitizing the live game experience. But I don't know if... If the things that I see being done are like coming from the right angle of what you want, so so one hypothesis or one problem you you very often hear is like yeah the the kids nowadays they don't have an attention span so you need to build these these time filling activities and you need to you need to own them and maybe there is something to it but I'm also not not entirely sure that that you will be the replacement for looking at your twitter feed uh, during during game time maybe you can be if you're in the stadium but maybe also you're not maybe you just want to check quickly on whatsapp what in your family group has been posted and you will own this and then another set of things is like yeah you build these elaborate big displays where you can take like like selfies with like 3d models of players and so on and that is of course it's nice it's a bit fancy and you can showcase new technology but it's not really coming from i guess experiential design so i don't say that we have found the the wisdom 
uh, and and the, the perfect solution that solves all kind of problems. But I think you need to games who go to the stadiums and to the games. They want to talk to other fans. There is a co communal aspect to it, and there is also a a I want to watch the game aspect to it. So experiences that take too much of your time or, or attention probably don't work for this one persona. And for the other persona, you they, they are there to be with their friends. So so you cannot you cannot take too too much away from this, but rather add to this. How can you do this? And I think here there is there is plenty of opportunity to to do stuff that is cool but pro, like one way without going too deep in into the feature set that we released just yet but but one thing you can easily do is say hey look here live just scan this QR code get something digital and then later when you're at home you have this cool digital new thing that you can use that gives you certain perks and you can use it there at home and it doesn't detract from the live experience that you want to share with your friends or just enjoy on your own yeah i mean there's also an opportunity to kind of blend the two things right live with digital like although the united states maybe can't can't talk i can't comment on the on the whole hiking uh example that you brought up but what we it's do shame run yeah i'm sorry but but the thing that we do bring i think a superiority in is the stadium experience i don't know if you've seen some of these videos of like mascot dance-offs kiss cams um sometimes there's like fake kind of like kiss cams where like the dude you know a, a woman and a, and a man would be sitting next to each other one of the guys would get up and then the woman would kiss the guy and then her boyfriend would come back i think these are fake these are staged but like everybody's glued to the screen you know at the stadium like nobody's you don't see people really on their phones like so what 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 stadiums have been able to do is they've been able to like really Keep the attention of people while they're in the stadiums. We, you know, you have cheerleader dance, sure you know, during halftime, and it's don't, like don't tell this to football purists in Germany. Probably that that is better because they will not agree. But hey, look, in, in different sports, also here in Germany, it's like they are looking more at the American way and they love it. Like like I've been to a game, an ice hockey game in the playoffs of Adler Mannheim and the, the pregame show that they did. Maybe it's not like an NHL pregame show. I've never been to one of those, but it was pretty darn cool with fireworks and all that. I mean, it's and I guess there's a distinction right? between the ones that are purely like for entertainment, like say a kiss cam, or if you go more into the direction of a slightly competitive uh, halftime show thingies, like for example, where the guys get to take a half court shot, yeah. um, or in ice hockey where they put this little mask on the on the goal where you only have like a tiny hole left, and if you hit it, you get ten thousand bucks. Stuff like this that actually every sports fan can kind of relate to, and everybody silently wish they would get to try this right now yeah. i think that even something that the purists would not be opposed to whereas i don't know a kiss cam the guys uh, uh the guys in all black they might not be that big of a fan of yeah but then but those are the guys that are going to hit the hit the beer stand during halftime they won't see it anyway true that why not have both experiences you know but i i know what you mean i mean as, as someone who now lives in europe definitely a completely different approach to just con con consumption in general. Like it, in the States, it's like, how do we maximize consumption? How do we maximize the amount of, uh, the, the amount of attention? How do we maximize the eyeballs of the fan or of, of, of the user? And I th it is different in Europe, but I think there is a middle ground. As I was alluding to, like, how do you combine those like quirky physical experiences in the stadium? Like those kiss cams or like you said, Jonas, the, 
the half court shot and how do you like democratize it and make it digitalized right so it's like if you're in the stadium i don't know how they even select who's going to be doing this half court shot is it random is it ba- if it is random i feel like it's not transparent it's not fair what if there was like a digital queue you can join or what if if you had an nft you know you can like redeem you know the right to do the half court shot you know or you can like elect someone to do it for like a group of people maybe you, maybe your group of people in a space or in a group as we call it in, in our platform and that this group can elect one person to do the half court shot i don't know you could start to think of some like cool digital supplements to physical experiences and i don't hey, know hey and ron what a coincidence that you have all these ideas where <laughs> and what a random coincidental segue to to talking about what we just uh, released because i think it really goes to the discussion and and the way how we think about this this theme of bridging web3 and and live events live sports because like i, I think the two features we one we call live nfts and the other one we call redeemable nfts or also internally we almost prefer nfts with benefits because it's more fun and so it's it's very simple to explain what these two features do but but then they give you so much cool opportunities to create experiences for your fans it's it's really really cool so Live NFTs is a very simple feature. You can create QR codes and people who scan the QR code can claim an NFT. Simple as that. And you can, you can of course, provide certain limits. And So what can you do with this? You can do stuff like, hey, you go to the stadium, you check in, you get a NFT for free that other people have to pay for. Or you collect every home game, you give out one of these NFTs. People who check in... Uh, at the stadium they they every game they they can collect something and if they own the entire collection you give them a really cool reward like meeting a player or whatnot you can also combine it with merchandising of course right you can put the qr code with the merch maybe ideally some limited edition stuff that you're doing and you you give like the digital equivalent of it like like either a cool 3d animation of the object or or something like an authenticity certificate and it doesn't always just need to be the the live stadium game that's like the the main event but uh, i mean in the end uh, in a bundesliga season in the whole year you have 17 opportunities to show up at a home game but there might be a bunch of other activities that you also want to reward your fans with maybe towards the end of the season also the youth team needs a bit of support um and you want to reward uh, some fans showing up to also their games or the women's team maybe yeah, you definitely. also Maybe you also reward some guys showing up at the museum or at the stadium tour or anything else that relates to the club. Maybe there's some charitable event where fans that show up get a little token of appreciation. And um, yeah, yeah, there is there is plenty big of opportunities. For that. Yeah, and and I think like it's just such a versatile and simple uh, tool but these are these are sometimes the best tools right where you can just think hmm cool i can connect a lot of places a lot of things in the physical world with digital objects and now uh, let's get going and we make it super simple right now and and the second aspect is like so that is getting uh, nfts digital collectibles in the physical world and the other thing is like making them useful in the physical world and for this we introduced those nfts with benefits which 
also in a, in a very simple experience, like if you have one of these NFTs, this NFT now has an option to redeem it. You can redeem it one time, but you also can make it redeemable for X times, say 10 times. And imagine you want to do something where people who get this NFT, whether they bought it, whether they uh, uh, did get it from a sponsor in the in the context of an activation or so, they can get a free beer at the stadium or they can get five free beers at the stadium. And we make it super simple to implement a use case like this with redeemable NFTs because now they can redeem it one time and we have a secure workflow that comes behind it, which is, yeah, I don't think we need to, we need to go too deep into it, but if you want to see it in action, you can just have a demo call with us or so. But it's really simple and easy to use. Th Thomas, <clears throat> I have a question for you. I think it's a simple answer, but it leads to a broader, and I think I know your answer, and it leads to a broader uh, topic. Why QR codes? I know that's, I mean, wh why did we go with that? Well, I guess it's very simple. People have now, probably thanks to COVID, really been become used to it. So, so QR codes have been around for a long time, always have been kind of a non-starter. Adoption never really picked up. But now, like, like I mentioned in the, the menus at the restaurant, and that that is like how people now really learn it. Also phone, the operating systems included it like more natively with their cameras. So it's now super easy. for it anymore. Yeah. And now, and now, of course, we can also set, build on top like some additional mechanisms like, like geofencing, such a reward and so on. But really, we build it starting from like, what is the most intuitive way for, for fans? And, and so another important aspect, like you don't need to have any application pre-installed on your device if you use QR codes, because that is also really cool about our solution. Like people can claim an NFT and even if they are not yet uh, uh, registered with your, with your application, with your platform, if they do not already have a wallet, they just can sign up for a wallet in a couple of minutes and then get their NFT reward. So it's also a user onboarding mechanism that you can use at all kinds of live events. And I, I guess mean, the, to, the... Add to, to add to this, in the, in the end, I mean, it's also not, not a super secret. W what you try to communicate to the user is a link on the internet, right? And I think by now it's just the, the most commonly used one, as Thomas already pointed out, but also the other options are quite, uh, quite, some, quite a bit more cumbersome. You could theoretically use NFC tags, but most people don't, don't even know yet that while they might use Apple Pay on a regular basis, they can also just hold their phone to an NFC tag. And also just something, also a QR code, you think this is scannable, whereas even if you put an NFC tag in a, like on a sticker with a lot of arrows to it, scan me, people would be like, but, but how? Um, so yeah, simply... It also just kind of feels cool. It also just feels cool to like take a picture of, you know, you whip out your phone in front of people. Oh, I got this, guys. Take a picture of it, handle the registration. But Thomas, the the, the bigger topic that I wanted to, to get to, you already kind of touched on it, is like familiarity to the user. And I think with like Web3 in general, there's like kind of a, people tend to shy away from it who are more traditionalists, more from like legacy industries, because it's typically they see it as like, too innovative or too groundbreaking or too industry breaking and like i don't know what what uh, thomas i'm interested in i mean i'm interested in hearing both your thoughts like like what do you think about this like fine line between like creating an experience that's familiar to everyone 
but that leverages Web3. Because, I mean, your article, Bridging the Gap Between Web3 and Live Sports, I think, like, like that's essentially the crux of the problem. Like, to bridge the gap, you need to create something that enough people will recognize as a bridge. It has to be, you know, you know what I mean? Like, familiar and friendly enough to everyone. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that, Thomas? I think that you are spot on. <laughs> as okay. simple as that. I mean, that, that is the podcast over. No, but that's of course one of the design goals, if you if you will make it make it easy. And and people who have been following us in our work for a, a bit now, they know we are all about user experience. That is what is important to us. That what drives our our product design decisions. And yeah, it needs to work for fans, right? Not for not for people who know everything about private key storage and so on and so forth so not for the crypto crowd or the exactly yeah and yeah, i think we're there we yeah. are there in terms of technology we are there in terms of experience and if you if you uh, use unify you can create all this goodness we talked about in a in a matter of minutes and while that might be a bit of blatant advertising um, it's also a fact yeah and i think there have been a few i mean with this whole crypto winter, you know, that has that we're in, or some people think, you know, it's going to continue for, for a long time. Um, there have been a few companies who have really, I think, done a good job at, at, at introducing the technology in a, in a clever way. Topshot, for example. Um, I don't know if you could find the word NFT, at least not now, on any of the copy on their website or anywhere. Um, they've done a good job at making it, making it right. And, and that's just like such a small micro example, just because it's one of the bigger use cases. But yeah. I think it, it it is a fine line, and it is super important. I don't know, Jonas, you're you're kind of come from like a crypto, you're, you're, you know, crypto background. Um, do you see any other like use cases where they're doing a good job at that, or 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 how do you? A better question, something less open ended. How do you remove the stigma behind Web three to those people that I had mentioned earlier? Like, how do you fix this this branding issue that Web three has with some? Well, that's the thing. I I just had a product demo yesterday, um, and they also asked me how. Um, well, NFTs do have this kind of uh, image of being not environmentally friendly. Their organization has to something to do with environment so or environmental protectionism um so that was naturally one of the questions that came up and i said well why do you even have to advertise it being web3 why do you have to advertise it being nft in the end the, that is irrelevant the user or the fan or whoever you're addressing your audience they usually don't care whether it's built on NFT, Web3, or if it's built on Web2, or if you build it with paper and scissors. In the end, they want like a, a benefit. They want something that makes it better than what they had before. And so you have to kind of tell them what, what they're getting and how it's cool for them and how you build it should be basically secondary. I'm going to fight you on that just a little, Jonas. Okay. Just because like... I've seen in supermarkets like a bag of rice that says like gluten free on it. Maybe I'm using a wrong example here, but it's like it's because consumers are dumb. They need to see that it's gluten free, even though rice doesn't have gluten. Like it, users need to see that it, something is eco friendly or environmentally friendly, especially here in Germany. We're, we're in Germany, and it's like 
you can just stick a bio label, a bio. Bio essentially means like environmentally sound, I think is like. Yeah, organic. Organic. Oh, I guess. Like you stick, you stick that label on anything, you put it on a microwave and you'd see a flock of Germans in in Birkenstocks coming to buy this microwave, you know, or or a Hummer. Put a Hummer that says bio on it and you'd see my neighbor, my German neighbor at the dealership trying to, trying to bargain. Not even actually, they won't even try to bargain. They'll just buy it at, (laughs) at listing price. But, but, but I think probably the organic community is a bit, or the sustainability community is a bit smarter than than buying uh, hammers that are branded as <laughs> just an exaggeration. Product. But yeah, but I, I just to push back slightly. I, no, I but think yeah, of, of course. Of, but I yeah. think that is like the, the nice thing about how we approach our our products. So, so let, let's just be very clear in case the people are new to the episode. So our product is a Rep three community and content management system as a service a, a white label product a api based product so so we do a b2b business and we for instance advertise and put web3 also into our marketing because i mean it also tells a lot about the feature set that you can expect from our from our product for an in the know audience right and an in the know audience that is also after this and now for our clients there might be very very good reasons to talk about web3 and nfts and so on or like some of our our customers actually do they they don't they they use our nft capabilities but they don't even brand it as nfts like you just said in in your example a few uh, sentences ago ron and and that is in in essence it then becomes exactly what you asked like it's a marketing question it's a target audience question and if it makes sense for you because you want to talk to a certain in crowd early adopter crowd around going nft and so on and that is important for you you can do it with legitimacy but if you don't want to do it and you just want to use all the conceptual possibilities that come with the technology without putting the tech front and center you can also do it because it's just so so easy to use i think that's a fantastic fantastic way to put it thomas based on the persona that kind of dictates what type of messaging is needed and i think for the mass audience there is kind of an issue where like like you need to give enough but not too much do you mention NFTs? Do you mention even Web3? I don't know. It, it, it's a tough one. It definitely yeah, is and a I tough mean, one. Of course, even for the same product, you can use both communications. Just uh, if, if you have a Discord channel there, you might want to blatantly advertise you uh, your fans being able to collect NFTs, whereas maybe on Instagram, you want to advertise a bit differently. And then in your fan magazine that you actually send out physically to your good old members maybe they're not at all in the internet end all items. of the, all three all three internet get the items. same benefit yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to have a little blurb under that explains what the internet is <clears throat> yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we don't exactly. really know yet it's it's way too early <laughs> to understand yeah so utility, redeemable benefits. I think we, you, Thomas, you you introduced it. You talked about it. Um, wh- what are what are some of your some of your use cases? I'm curious to hear what, how like you already mentioned like get five free beers at at a stadium, but like I don't know what, what are some other interesting interesting use cases that that people can can use that with. 
I mean, in, in the end, whatever you want to give somebody who either purchased something or who, who did perform certain actions that you consider valuable, you can, you can give to them. So, so in the context of sports, I think the most logical things that we foresee, and actually, of course, when we develop this, we talk to our clients and to, to people in the industry or to fans, of course, and, and we, we gathered like what would be interesting to them. And of course, free giveaways at the stadium are, are always highly welcome. Free merchandise like at the fan shop is also very welcome. But yeah, you can you can use it together with like advertising partners, right? And do like activations based on based on this, where for instance you do like a a content with your advertiser in your application, and if people look at it or interact with it, they get an NFT. But then as a reward, they can get a a discount at the shop or in in the stadium a free drink and so on so th there is a lot of versatility but but in the end it's very simple there are things that you can give to people that people want and you can now uh, use nfts as like an entitlement a a for to to receive one of these things i mean i know you kind of said a loyalty program is maybe not what sports fans need but i think in a way, it is a good way, a good facelift on a loyalty program. It's a good way to to to, to execute this loyalty program. Definitely, but but yeah. I didn't say they don't need a loyalty program. But you I said, said it's they a, don't want anything that feels like a loyalty right. program because if you give them a payback card and then they can collect points, so. I mean, A, there is already payback, and that is not why you are a sports fan. But now, and, and that is where people also, like, like one easy way to explain this feature is like, yes, your NFTs can act as vouchers, but, but a voucher, what happens to this is like, usually it's a not very lovingly designed uh, paper object that is then also either destroyed or, or handed back to the initial issuer. And in the case of redeemable NFTs, that doesn't happen because you keep the digital object, which, by the way, might come with other perks and benefits, right? For instance, only NFT holders can, can access certain content that you, that you create, but on top they can also redeem it, but by redeeming it just the redemptions uh, 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 the option to redeem it is gone, but the thing itself the is, still is still in useful. their wallet. So, so yeah. that is a really, a, a really good way, I guess, to to create the differentiation and to do something that is, in the end, really distinct as an experience. So yeah. it can be lovingly designed. It can be a cool digital artifact. It can have other uh, digital perks, and you can get something in the real world for it. Now, Thomas, is this is this a uh a step, a stepping stone to a bigger live sports, to a bigger bridge between sports and uh, Web3? Yeah, I definitely think it is. And and so actually the same article or a very similar article exists that is not only focused on the sports industry, but more broadly at live events, because a lot of what we talked about in the context of sports, which for us is a very important market and playing field, of course, you can use the same, the same mechanisms and technology also if you are a, a event organizer or if even a creator, right? We also have creators as clients and more and more creators also do physical events, right? Like, like live podcast recordings and so on. And you can use just exactly the same logic to do cool stuff. And that is why I think this bridge is really a way to get more and more people onboarded to, to Web3 if you care about this stuff or if you don't care about this stuff, just provide something 
as a cool hybrid digital analog experience. Yeah, it's just a good user acquisition tool as a standalone thing, I would say. Yeah. 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 Well, anybody want to give a, a shout out to Braunschweig Leuven quickly? Yeah, Braunschweig Leuven, yeah, they launched their uh, Unify based app today. Uh, wishing them best of luck. Looking forward to to continue working with them. But yep. they have some cool stuff in the pipeline. So and they have a super if, cool name. If you're name, interested in basketball, you might want to check it. Yeah, definitely. They are called Leuven Crowd. So so really great title. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. If anybody, if if you are keen, if maybe you're a German speaker, I think a lot of the comms we've we've set out have been German. Uh, just head to our LinkedIn. We, we posted about it pretty recently that they had just launched. So that's a really cool, really cool use case. If you want to follow along the journey, they are a um, Bundesliga one basketball team. So they'll be using uh, the Unify fan platform. So that's a cool, cool uh, tidbit. A little um, shout out guys, to Nils and Melanie at this point. Yeah. Give them a shout out. Tag them in this podcast when we, when we, uh, when we promote it. Just for that quick 10-second shout-out, they have to listen to the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Don't tell them when it appears. Just <laughs> And that'll, that'll increase our listener base by 100%. All right, guys. <laughs> well, thanks for joining me. I think that's a good – we kept it, kept it tight, kept it condensed. Thanks again. Sorry to everyone. Uh, it's been over a month since we let, released our last episode, but we will get this up and running again. Just don't get over. married again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the plan, right? But you never know. <laughs> yeah. I guess, Jonas, you're next in line. The walls are already closing <laughs> in. <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> well, uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks enjoy. for listening. Uh, like and subscribe. Hit the hit the like. Give us a review on your favorite podcasting site. Uh, share this with a friend. Share this with um, anyone who's interested in Web3 or sports or... Thanks for joining me, guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.